You heard what the man said. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Josh Taylor here. 9 o'clock hour, hour number three of our 7 to 10 voyage through the waters here. Matt Harkins behind the glass on the ones and twos. Always taking care of me. Matt, you know I appreciate you. We have talked a lot of baseball in the past two hours. We're going to talk hockey in about 20 minutes with Angie Carducci. InsideHockey.com is who she writes for. But right now, we're going to talk some football. We're going to talk specifically Steelers free agency, and we're going to talk a little bit about the draft. We're going to play a little dudes and ballers with my next guest. And he writes about a lot of football. He writes about it. He talks about it. You probably read his stuff on DK Pittsburgh Sports where he covers the Steelers and Pitt. You probably heard him on the Locked On Steelers podcast where he talks a lot of Steelers football. Has me on every once in a while to talk about it, and I always appreciate when he does because we have some really good discussions. And you might have seen his work talking about the Steelers as an analyst for WPXI with their Steelers coverage as well. He does everything. He's kind of like me. Plus, he's a City League alum, so I appreciate him. Chris Carter joins me right now on the line. Chris, good morning. What's up, Josh? How you doing, my man? Oh, hey, I'm hanging in there. Just, you know, that, that, that initial first couple weeks of not getting sleep, it's just, you know, starting to blend together now. But you make the best of it. <laughs> in the meantime, let's, let's take our minds off some other stuff and talk some football for a while. Vince Williams is a Steeler again. So is Tyson Alualu. We thought these guys were pretty much all but gone, and yet here we are. They, We thought they were moving on to greener pastures, maybe better opportunities to get paid, yet here we go. They're back here. What's the make of how this defense now looks, knowing that these two pieces are back? Now, granted, Steven Nelson's gone. We know that. Mike Hilton's gone. We know that. But the front seven looks a lot more familiar than they did a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Josh. I mean, I thought it was interesting how, you know, when uh, when these guys were gone, it was a lot. It was doom and gloom for a lot of people. They were like, oh, the Steelers, their defense, there's no way they could be the same without all these guys that are leaving. And then it's Juju's fault because he signed this big contract. And then a bunch of these guys start coming back. And it's like, oh, well, it doesn't matter anymore to a lot of people. So uh, it's like, oh, well, they, they, weren't, they weren't important anyways. It's like, no, well, wait a second. It, it was doom and gloom when they were gone. Now when they're back, it's still doom and gloom. I don't understand. Um I, I look at this and it, it shows a lot of things. One, it shows you know if any everyone anyone who was anyone all season long knew that the salary cap was going to be a tough deal. It was you know it dropped what 17 million or 16 million you know in a year. It hasn't done that in a long time, and the Steelers were going to have to adjust to that somehow. This isn't this isn't like the Steelers came came in and. You know, like, the, and they were just like, yeah, let's just be irresponsible with our money. It's like, hey, everyone's had a tough time. You know, look, you, you look around the league. There's, there's weird, you know, uh, there's weird cuts and there's weird signings go, going on all over the place, um, and, and it's unprecedented. So they were going to have to make moves. Bring them back, Alulu, um, and the way that it happened, just with the way that they were able to convince him after he had to wait some time because of COVID to go to the Jaguars and sign his deal. It shows that there's a lot more unity in the locker room than what people, uh, I think, assumed. And then when you get back Vince Williams after letting him go, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a nice glue piece right now that really gives you a little bit more leverage in the early rounds of the NFL draft to maybe not have to get that off-ball linebacker right now that pairs with Devin Bush. Because now you're bringing in Vince Williams and Robert Spillane for sure this year, which – you know, we were questioning, you know, would they be able to do that with the limited cap space that would be available? Um, and I know some people are like, well, they didn't do great last year. It's like, well, yeah, but the second half of the season when they were both playing, they didn't have Devin Bush. But when you pair either one of them with Bush, 
it gives you a lot more flexibility. Now, I still advocate that the Steelers should take an off-ball linebacker at some point in the draft, but I've written a lot about all of the guys that would be available on the first two days of the draft. You can now probably wait till day three and say, you know what, I'll take an athletic linebacker from the, from those ranks and see what happens with that. And if we, if we hit, we hit. If not, we'll invest again next year in the earlier parts of the draft. Um, but right now, I, I think that the, that Vince Williams comes back gives you a little bit more flexibility there. And again, I think it says I think it says a lot about this, this Steelers team and the the chemistry between them that all these guys are still willing to come back even when you know the Steelers have a lot you are locked up with a lot of limited money. And, and with that said, you know it's also considering the the supposed off-field distractions that were such a big deal. But these guys are coming back. Strange. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> just saying. Let's talk about the draft. You and I were talking about specifically first-round prospects last week for this team and whether or not they were a good fit. Um, it was kind of dudes and ballers, but it wasn't. But we'll, we'll get back to the actual true dudes and ballers format. And for those who aren't familiar, I, I give Chris a name. He tells me if that guy's a dude, you know, just a, a guy who... who Probably should be there, but not too great. Or if he's a baller. If this dude's a stud and he's a guy you should probably put your attention behind. But we're going to keep it specific to teams or players from teams that Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, pretty much where the Steelers sent the house for those teams' pro days. And there's a list. Penn State, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, Clemson, Georgia, Florida State. I'm going to throw some guys from those teams. First one I'm going to start with, you mentioned the linebacker position. Baron Browning from Ohio State, linebacker. Dude or baller? I do the baller. He's a baller. I'm telling you. The only thing with Baron Browning is that he has to solidify his technique. He has to be more consistent as a, as a producing linebacker. Um, you know, oftentimes he, he looks like he takes a while to process the run and what's in front of him. And he's very athletic. That's the thing about Baron Browning. I mean, this guy is what, like 6'3, 240. You know, this, I've seen him go, you know, motion out. And line up with with Pat Fryermuth, uh, a tight end that people, everyone wants from Penn State, and lock him down, lining up outside the numbers with him and going like one on one on a fade route. If if the Steelers can get a, an athletic linebacker like that to pair with Devin Bush, and he can grow under Bush and with Williams and Spillane this year, that could that could be the ultimate pairing if if he, if he figures things out and gets to his ceiling. They would be tough because he's also physical, and when he does process the run. He, he throws his weight around pretty well. So I put Browning in the baller status. And I know some people have him as a, as a guy that might get picked in the later first round. Um, but if he, you know, if, if people look at that tape and they say, ah, you know, I'm gonna, I prefer Jamin Davis or I prefer this guy or that guy at linebacker, that might push him back. And if he's available in the second or third round, I know I said that eventually he might get him leverage, but the Steelers might be like, ah, with the flexibility he would offer our defense, he could be something. You mentioned Pat Fryermuth. Let's go to him. Tight end Penn State. We know the Steelers sent the house to Penn State's pro day. Even the Steelers' tight ends coach worked Fryermuth out. Apparently, there's a lot of chemistry between those guys. Fryermuth actually spoke very highly of him. Apparently, those guys get along. But let's talk about the player, dude or baller. I see he's a baller as a receiving tight end. I'm not so sure that he's the complete package that the Steelers really want as a blocker. So it's kind of half dude, half baller. Because, but the, because the thing is, I ain't mad at Pat Fryman because that's what most tight ends are nowadays. Most tight ends are now receive, catch first, block later. That, that that that's you know that's what that's what people are are training for today in today's NFL. 
with, you know, more seven-on-seven practices and, you know, the, the style of offense that people play. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd say half-dude, half-baller in each respect. This guy, he, he, you know, if you want an athletic tight end who go get the ball, he, he'd certainly be the option. But I just – I feel like Pat Frymouth is a bad fit for, this, for where he fall, would fall in the draft this year. I see him as an early second and this, that would be that would, he would be too. It would, it would be reached to get him at twenty four, in my opinion, this year. And unless the Steelers traded back, I wouldn't be see him falling to them in the second round. Chris Carter covers the uh, Panthers and Steelers for DK Pittsburgh Sports. He joins me right now. We're playing dudes and ballers with players specifically that have met with the Steelers or the Steelers sent the house to those respective players pro days. Let's switch over to Michigan. We know they sent the house to Michigan. There's an offensive tackle by the name of Jalen Mayfield. We knew he also met with the Steelers. Jalen Mayfield, Chris, dude or baller? I say Jalen Mayfield's a baller. I, I, I like it. I like his tenacity. I've liked him early in the draft. But you know, I think people have seen more tape of him, and they've seen other offensive tackles. And this is a deep offensive tackle class. And Jalen Mayfield was a guy that I think early in the draft process, a lot of people were, were doing their mock drafts when he was going – Heck, before the Steelers pick. But now I think more and more people are starting to see Tevin Jenkins of the world. They're starting to see other guys, and they're like, hey, uh, we need a, you know, like we're going to pick these guys first. And now Jalen Mayfield, the guy that might be around in the second round, that would be an interesting addition for the Steelers to get an offensive tackle there. I know that, you know, I, I, I've been banging the drum for them to draft a center this year in the second round, but getting a Mayfield to, to help outside and to push either Troops or Banner. That would be that would be an interesting pickup there for to add you know they, if you want some nasty on your offensive line Jalen Mayfield did it so I will call Jalen Mayfield a baller. Last week, Chris, you and I talked about JOK, the linebacker from Notre Dame. Let's talk about Dalen Hayes this time. He's met with the Steelers as well, an edge rusher from Notre Dame, dude or baller. I put him in the dude range, but a dude with capability. Jalen Hayes is a guy who shows like he can he can he can flex around and he can play. He, you know, he he, he can sh- he has different athletic he has athleticism that's going to be able to help you in different ways, um, but uh, but he's not someone that I would reach out for. I would try to um, I would try in, in every which which way I can to see like hey if he's around on day three, then then you're looking at him. But you know Notre Dame guy, he, he's an edge rusher who can help. You know he can sort of switch to off ball linebacker on occasion with the athleticism he, he brings. But he got a lot longer of a way to go, in my opinion, before he's a consistent contributor. So right now he's a dude, but he has the potential to be a baller if they snag him on D3 and they're like, okay, now let's let's work you in here and make you a a, a depth piece. And that could be very, that could be very valuable because when you're helping an edge rusher and an off-ball linebacker, you're filling you're filling two spots in the depth chart, but only one spot on the roster, and that's important. Bringing it back around to a, a team that's traditionally in the ACC as opposed to one that was just there this past season with Notre Dame, but a team that's been in the ACC for a while in Florida State. And on that list of schools that the Steelers sent the house to, so to speak, Kev, uh, Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, went to Florida State's Pro Day. Here's a guy I keep coming back to, fills a position of need, and he's got the pedigree as well. Steelers like pedigree. Asante Samuel Jr., dude or baller? I do the baller, I'm telling you right now. That would be an excellent pick if they could get him in the second round. Now, I've seen mock drafts that have him going uh, mid to late second. I've, had him, I've seen him go late first. Uh, so he, he may or may not be around when the Steelers get a second round pick. But 
this would be where the, the you know the signing of Vince Williams offers you the flexibility to say, hey, you know what, we got this. Let's go get a, a you know a defensive back in the earlier part of the draft to help help with our secondary because you know you lost Stephen Nelson. You've said that hey, we're going to give Cam Sutton the chance to start outside. You get Asante Samuel, that dude can play slot and outside, and you'd be like, all right, here, Asante, you're playing in the slot this year, but you're playing the slot to also learn to play outside. And in the coming years, if we let go of Joe Hayden or, you know, Cam Sutton goes somewhere else in the, in the near future, you might be the guy outside as well. So, um, you know, the Steelers love dudes with pedigree. They love guys with, you know, that, 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 that you know, that history of having family in the NFL. And, of course, Asante Samuel has that with his dad, uh, longtime Eagle Patriot and guy that, you know, wreck havoc among the uh you know on, on our receivers in the NFL. So I would definitely take a look at him on on day two of the NFL draft. I just unless it's someone that was a high ranking cornerback like Caleb Farley, I just can't see the Steelers picking a corner in the first round unless it's like, okay, we cannot pass on him or JT Horn um or, you know, Patrick Sertan. But I just I also don't think that those guys will be there unless, you know, they're saying, hey, there's another player that's you know, we rank just as high at another position, and we'll go get that. So, um, but absolutely, Sante Samuel Jr., definitely a baller. Chris, appreciate the time as always. We'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports, covers Pitt, covers the Steelers. I love talking draft with him because he covers college football and the pros. He's going to give you a perspective on both ends of it with both the prospects and also how the teams operate and filling those needs as well.